Today on Time Code NOLA presents, hosts Ricardo Barras and Michael Moises talk to filmmakers Charles Johnson and Jordan Trahan about cracking lenses, skateboarding the world over, and working on their film, Broth, in a deserted mid-pandemic town. Here we go. I like that. That'd be crazy. We gotta figure out YouTube. All right, welcome to Time Code Presents. We're doing a podcast tonight about uh, the rich, the rich relationship between skateboarding and filming skateboarding. Uh, I'm your host this evening, Ricardo Barros, along with the beautiful Michael Moises, and our guest tonight, Charles Johnson and Jordan Trahan. Hiya. Say hello. They said hello. So, what's cooking? Broth, baby. Broth, the broth, right? Did we figure out? Did we figure out its release? I think. Oh uh, yeah, it was. We uh, must yeah. have. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. October sixteenth, twenty twenty. That was when it was on. Or at least put it on YouTube. But there was a little premiere beforehand at the lots. T- tell us about broth, like in your words. Um, what year did so, it? So yeah, well, t- just about what it is. I'm sure not everybody knows about what it is. So. Uh, Broth is a skate video that I made, or that we made, uh, through three years ago. Uh, it was definitely like, kind of really kicked off around like the pandemic when everything was shut down. We definitely got more active, but uh, broth is just like, I don't know, just uh, a word that kind of came up out of us obviously frequenting. Like eating soups, broths for sure. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. The concept is mainly how like a bunch of different ingredients kind of come together to like make something great, you know? And just... Uh, did did the whole project, did it conceive as this thing like, oh, I'm going to start doing this today and we're going to start... Or is it something that just like you had compiled footage and we're like, we got to do something with this? When, well, when I moved to the city and... Uh, February, February 2017, uh, Charles had already had a couple of minutes edited up to this one song that stayed constant that he wanted to use because he loved the song and this way this little edit was going. But it was two minutes long, and Broth and its finality was probably like closer to 30 minutes, but that was what he was like building upon, and that's like his structure of it. He was like, this is this, the shit that I'm like, fucking... <laughs> Build from that timeline was open on your laptop for like years. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was definitely. I'd say we worked on broth maybe about like two years or so, but it definitely just was like we were filming, and I put those clips together, mm-hmm. and I always wanted to make like a little edit or something, but just that felt so good. Like it was just like that little edit that two minutes the way it felt I was just like man this just like can't be it you know right and so but that kicked off the vibe right yeah definitely like we watched those same like two minutes for the longest and that edit actually was something that barely got touched like all the way to like two years later when i finalized the video like i probably just added to it a little bit but the structure Everything, most of the clips, like everything, stayed in the same place. Like that's like, so that was like the seed. Yeah, that was like the seed for it. Kicked off the whole vibe and yeah, it's the first, the first edit, like the first uh, montage of skating, like right after the oh, intro. the first two minutes is yeah, the, yeah. Is the so seed. Well, that's right then and there. That was just like just starts from like that, and that's just like where it built off from. 
I think COVID kind of helped us finish the video because we already had a bunch of footage, but those those couple of months of lockdown, maybe those six weeks where everything was shutting down, I was kind of riding my bike around and was realizing that we should, three weeks in, I realized that we should probably start skating around just small crews because nobody's going to say anything, but we could really get some like once-in-a-lifetime opportunities to skate things. Some really unmolested sessions there, you know? Nobody kicking us out. Yeah, yeah. You know? Cafe Dumont's kitchen's getting revamped, so all the tables are gone, and nobody's tripping on us, but we're, like, skating through the dining area, you know? Right. You would never right. see yeah. it Skating empty. through Jackson Square. That's a great you know? clip, by the on way. On any day. That, oh, thanks. When you bust out of the dining area. But I was riding down Bourbon Street for, like, for two weeks in a row, and I was like, hey, does anybody really want to try to skate? Because ain't shit happening, and I'm sure we're getting restless. Like, Yeah. And that those six months of, like, real... Semi lockdown, but not here. Mm-hmm. Other countries and other cities had sure. it worse, but yeah. we kind of got to run around and, you know, finish up the video because we already had like a couple of years of like piddling around and fucking with it. But yeah, and um, one thing too is that like, whatever we were filming and how I kind of like got really into the idea of like building. I remember uh, it was this Mardi Gras and. Jordan filmed these clips on the New York pizza rooftop and it's it's in the intro but it's just like the twins and just like the floats and stuff like that and just the way he filmed that like it kind of blew me away like I was like man like Jordan's really out here using the VX and like using the camera in a manner that I've never even known you know and that was literally something that like inspired me and kind of like kicked me off to want to like really go hard and, like, be out because he was out. And so we were just, like, kind of, like, building off each other. It felt like how it was whenever I first started filming. You know, I was uh, making videos with Chris Mizzle. And, yeah, like, I got hurt and tore my Achilles, and that was when I kind of decided to, like, start filming because I wanted to be around it. So that's what it was. It was injury, right? Yeah, yeah. What's I, Mizzle's big videos? Just, like, budget. Or, no, like, Hoopla. He had Hoopla and Katrinaville. Katrinaville, yeah. That was a that's one that's still Chris Mizzle stepped up. Oh yeah. Chris Mizzle stepped up alongside. I mean, Todd Taylor was always here filming, skateboarding, and like you know, stepping up from different camera to camera. And Mizzle kind of saw that as inspiration and was like, "I'm gonna film my younger homies because he's with those older guys." And Mizzle took it his whole other route and was was really putting the city on for a bit. Like the only guy. Interesting too the relationship between like Katrinaville and Broth because like Broth you had the pandemic, Katrinaville is obviously Katrina kind of the same circumstances that it's like built around you know yeah definitely makes (laughs) disasters make for uh for good art maybe yeah definitely I mean those things they're pretty Um, inspiring I guess you know I mean a storm happens an oak tree falls it turns up the sidewalk. It might crush a car, but right. you know you got a crazy bank spot for a bit. It's true. And the pandemic, like when those government buildings that you look at all the time are finally closed, you know, like we finally had like those opportunities to go and like get those gyms and hit those spots, you know. I mean, any any video, any skate video where you kind of centralize in one city, the the movie is definitely about that city. Yeah. Because it's about spots. And and when you watch a video like Broth, anything that's that's filmed here, it's it's a, such an intimate thing because the, the town's so small, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like we're we're a town, we're not like a city city, you know? So 
for me, it's great. Just, uh, you know, I mean, having skated out here, being familiar with the spots, but also the architecture. Because another thing I really like about it is sometimes, you know, you, you point the lens up and you can see Skyline and you featured a lot of that. I definitely, um, I'm really into B-roll and landscape, like kind of lighting. One thing that inspired me with broth was kind of like colors, you know, like the sunset, the cotton candy or like the deep rolls and all that stuff. And I feel like everything's not necessarily about just like the person doing the trick right in front of you. It's like where we are, the time of day, like the cars that pass by, like all these little things are elements that affect that. And I don't know, skating is like crazy because it is this thing of like tediousness or like repetitiveness, but you're trying to trick and it's the same, you know, attempt. Like I'm trying a kickflip for, you know, 10, 20 times or whatever, but like every try is like special and different. There's all these like different elements about it where it's like this consistent thing that is constantly changing, I guess. And, yeah, uh, I, I, like how do you create that balance between like I mean it's a skate video, so you have to, you have to show skating, right? Yeah, there's yeah, gotta, for there's sure. gotta be skating of like a certain. It has to have some kind of quality. Something about it has to have a quality, whether it's just style or it's just what's happening on the screen. It's just something good is happening. How how do you strike the balance between all right? Well, we're gonna have like somebody doing something worthwhile seeing but also an aesthetic quality to it like maybe trying to make it look good like how, how do you well is that something you're always thinking about well i mean you're at a session you're of, skating but but like, like a lot of it is really just natural like it just comes like you know there's a lot of like beauty in the fuck-ups you know what i'm saying where there's sure. like a lot of things that happen where it's like i think that i blew it or something's not going right or whatever but I go and I look at the footage and then something that like I didn't even know was there, it just happens to be there. And then it's like, well, well, yeah, <laughs> creation, creation yeah. and art yeah. in general, you have to look for the accidents. You have right. to learn how to capitalize on the accidents because that's how that's what it's all about. Yeah. Sometimes with like filming a trick over and over again, you can do it two, three, four times after you figured it out. And then you look back on it and you're like, man, the first one I did, the shitty one that was like kind of filmed crazy. It looks cooler in the, the final edit because like it's got flavor, it's kind of spicy, it's like that it has a more of a chaotic appeal. Yeah. And like a lot of the people you skate with and the people you film, they might only do shit one time and it's gonna be crazy. And you're like, dog, that was the coolest <laughs> shit I've ever seen because yeah. that's how you did it. And like you're you're tired now, you're done. Like yeah. you don't go do that shit one time. Thank you for doing that. Like, right. It feels good when you have a homie who maybe doesn't pop up that often and just steps up and fucking blows your mind because you forget that he kind of nasty with it right <laughs> right, right. <laughs> to to channel that luck and 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 roll away on something you know it's like, like luck and rage and like yeah. a little bit of skill and a, like experience from what they've known about skating but half the time they're just like hold my dick like <laughs> <laughs> they're just praying that it works All like right, right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what makes it happen yeah it's like, yeah yeah, watching you know watching the video, it's it's uh, it leads you to believe that like you're you're making these tricks all the time. Yeah, but that's not that's not necessarily how it works. It goes. You go through so much for go, six yeah. seconds. Half the trick is not not getting hurt up until the try where you make it because it's always going to be dangerous and stepping away from your board or the spot and all of the other factors is half the dance of it. <laughs> 
Do y'all get hung up on like a spot, like a trick at a spot, and you didn't get it? Did, can y'all walk away from it, or do like sometimes, you have to come back? Sometimes you have to walk away from it. <laughs> sometimes you gotta delete all those tries that you did, or maybe just like don't look at them because you've just been trying to figure out what, why the spot wasn't working, or what should I fix it, or is it just my board, or am I just fucking stupid? Like you start yeah. getting all negative, and that throws you off, and maybe. You, Wait a year or two to go back to that fucking spot. And sometimes the more you go back, the worse it gets. <laughs> For yeah, real. You think it's going to get and better? You come like back I've and been it's worse? A, I hate that. I've yeah. been to spots like five plus times and having the same predicament over and over where it's like I'm super close, rolling off, fall off my board, mm-hmm. like Baker Maker or whatever. Just, it gets crazy. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, spots change too, you know? Like I've had spots where, you know, I'm trying it. And I'm going back like two, three times, and then the next time you go, it's like gone, or there's something added, like they add an extra handrail or something. Or the and building has continued to shift, and the, the the spot is changing because the ground is broken and like yeah, shit, it just ruins it. Yeah, spots Nunez. don't get better here. You gotta hit it as soon as you think it's a spot. Cause it's only gonna get worse. Nunez like to say skate aliens. The skate. You know, whenever you like, they abduct spots. Have the spot <laughs> and it's there, and then you go back and it's just gone. Yeah, and that happens too. Heartbreaking. Yeah. How does the filming affect the skating? Because I mean, you know, when you're a little kid, like you come from a place where you you're just entranced by the by the by the skateboard you can't stop it uh and at some point you start filming for whatever reason it could there'd be many reasons to do it um do, do they affect one another um sometimes right right off the bat like top of my head there's always like an inverse adverse like to this story like whenever i at this point in my like time and career or whatever skateboarding like the way i enjoy it if i'm really gonna try something i'm gonna get broke on I would set up the camera and give it to the homie. Because it's like, cool, if I eat shit, that's a clip. If I fucking make it, even if you film it like shit, we got it somehow. We can whittle that down and, like, kind of polish it up. But at the same time, like, you sometimes you don't want the camera out. You're on a trip. You want to warm up. Everybody's pulling their fucking phones out. You're not ready to be filmed because now the phones are a thing. Right. So there's always a balance. When As a kid, if there was a cell phone, wouldn't have had to have been, like, finding a filmer to try to film a sponsor me tape. We could have done it in an afternoon on a phone. Like, the luxury now of just people who have access and, like, get hooked up overnight. Like Yeah. Yeah, the sponsor me tape. <laughs> you could put out that, one clip on Instagram yeah. now, and it's just, like, a solid clip. They could see that you know how to skate. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to get you boards, Both shoes, up. everything. You hook the fuck Sponsored. up. Sponsor. You didn't have to put years into a video part. As a teenager, the first... Uh, the first time I, I stepped away from skating for a while was a result of the whole sponsor me tape thing, because hey, I wasn't I wasn't anywhere near good enough to be trying to make a sponsor me tape, but I had delusions, so I I tried like filming for a couple of weeks, and I realized at the end of it that I I wasn't having any fun. Well, what part of town did you grow up in here? Algiers. So with Chris Grow. But like you knew Todd Taylor and Nunez and all them, right? Yeah, yeah. I I knew some of them cats. I mean, I but, was I was I lived most of my life under a rock, but but, okay, uh, okay. but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I knew I knew like you know. That's how you uh, learn all those fucking instruments. You know how to play. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> no, but but I it, it came to the point where I was just trying to. I was the object now was trying to 
record this trick, right? To have uh, a record of it instead of just skating. Learning how to skate, yeah. Just, just the joy of it, just like the pure joy of it. And that, yeah. and that affected me. And when I came back around to skate, I had noticed that it was like, it was just different because filming was so accessible and phones and everything. Like it was, it was, it wasn't like, it wasn't yeah. anything unusual about it. People were always filming and it was like, you're just filming the session. Yeah. Like hanging out. We get something or we don't get something, you know? Where I grew up, there wasn't a whole lot of skate crews, but there was a couple. And those guys, there was a guy in each crew who had a camera. And, you know, I was from such a small part in the country, I had to eventually get my license and start driving 25 miles up. And there was a skate shop called Ruckus, you know, outside of, like, in Lafayette. And mm -hmm. it, um, it birthed, like, a bunch of skateboarding, as much as humidity here in New Orleans. So, like, they had a, a good reign of, like, people making videos out of Lafayette. Whereas in New Orleans, it was kind of, like, touch and go. Not as often. Like Todd, Todd has his own archive of skate footage, but Todd's got a, a big archive, right? Um, but the VX one thousand I bought when I moved here um, it was Sean Fleming's, who used to have Aminal skateboards, and his video is still sitting on a hard drive that I thought was going to go to Nunez for a gold machete video, but I bought his VX. It was flawless. The lens never been touched. All of his footage was filmed like pretty far away. It's clean, but <laughs> we're going to get this footage, and that's going to become its own little archival. Thing because some of these guys from Aminal Skateboards are have passed and right. some of them right. have gone to prison and right. you know like these guys are not going to pop record. back up anytime right. soon. So like this it's and that, it's yeah. a part of the story. It's definitely a part yeah, of the story. This camera documented like a big section of New Orleans skateboarding that didn't mm. get seen because this video never came out. Type of thing. Right. Right. Whenever I started skating, it was in Slidell, and we always like knew about New Orleans skating, you know, like Todd Taylor was probably like one of the first per one of the first people I saw skateboarding, I guess like in video in New Orleans probably about I'm like fourteen or fifteen years old. And uh I mean Carlos did she was like the one who kinda was just like always tapped in and whenever we even like started filming skateboarding, like he was the person who was always like with the cameras, like making edits on the internet, like uploading stuff. So, yeah, I kind of just like learned all that and got that from them. And first time I ever got film skateboarding, I thought it was like crazy, you know? <laughs> I never said it. What did you think the first time you saw yourself? Well, right? I was just, well, not even like, well, just like getting filmed while skating. It was like that feeling is always just like kind of crazy because I never thought I was even good enough to be filmed, you know? I always just, you know, I was, first skate videos i even saw were like tony hawk pro skater the, the, the sizzle reel stuff yeah like all the reels and all they that call stuff, it the secret know? tape in the in the game but when you unlock the secret tape it's the person from that level and you get like their minute that's basically from the video part that they just spent their like lifetime working on like yeah like their hard effort but they splice it down to like maybe 30 seconds in the video game and all those reels were you know jurassic five scored and like all the shit that Tony Hawk put into those video games, but um, there was a clip of Alicious, Alyssa Steamer at one shell, Ollie yeah. in the 10, then the, the 7, the short way. Oh, right, right, right. And yeah. then, like, you know, rolling out before the tracks and shit, and I was like, damn, that's fucking epic. And somebody was like, that's New Orleans. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. Oh, you, you didn't know? Know. Clip epic. I mean, I was a kid in, right, right. in rural Louisiana. Oh, right, like, yeah, yeah, in yeah. In Mo, Louisiana is where I really grew up, and 
somebody got a hold of a video game first. That's where I saw some footage, actual hard-earned footage, not like some you know ESPN or whatever. Like that came later. So when you heard that was New Orleans, that must have. I was like, cool. Um, first time I came to New Orleans, like the humidity website used to have like a spot, a little link on it, and it opened up like a little map page, and it showed you like photos of like eight, seven or eight different spots. You know, one shell pancakes. You know, those like classic staples. Gray ledges. And like when you're riding around, you know, in town with your folks for maybe a football game or something. Man. Oh, first New Orleans skate spot that I skated was Welfare, which is gone now, but never got to skate that. Yeah, Yeah. Welfare was amazing. It's like these just this long strip of flat ground with marble ledges that were like different sizes and they had like a hubba in the corner and then they had these like two I think eight stair handrails that went like in two different directions and then they had this huge gap and we were like coming out for this go skate day and seeing like everybody skate like I saw like before I even knew them you know like Slick Nick and Seen Philly skate and people who become our best friends. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. You knew them before you saw them it, because it's they crazy had, like, that you remember the first time you saw them too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I actually uh, <laughs> funny story. There was a action footwear demo in uh, Waveland, Mississippi, a long time ago when I like first started skateboarding, and I remember going there and I like bought my first pro board. Like I had this board that a friend gave me, but then his mom was like, you need to get that skateboard back. So then I had to go back to Walmart board status. And then I was just like saved up and then went to that demo. I met Kareem Campbell and Devin Calloway was there, Passionata. Like I saw, I'm pretty sure I saw Griffin. I remember seeing like, like I would go there, I see like Perp, like Mikey Perp, Warren Day. I remember just... I'd see these people, and then, like, you know, as I got older, it's like these people were close friends, you know? But I never wow. even thought that. Yeah. Like, I would. Yeah, it's see like the first people, time you, you know, see the like, cool no. kid, right? And then, no, next thing you know, yeah. homies for life. Yeah. Earlier, you mentioned, like, you said VX, right? So the format and the cameras you use has, uh, well, it has an effect. Y- y'all talk about that and talk about. Uh, the style that it, when it I was imparts. a kid growing up, I always wanted a VX because I saw it in videos and I eventually did the research, figured out what it was. It wasn't like spit out in magazines like exactly what the cameras were used until there was an article in Skateboarder and this and that mm-hmm. that showed you the this is what the pros are using at the time, and it's it's changed over the years and even still, we've stepped up to HD 1080 or whatever, but but that's still. 10, 15 years old technology, we're always behind, but it's because it, we think it looks the best. The VX was something that was introduced in the mid-90s, and then we picked it up as skateboarders like a few years later, and it took us a few years to perfect, and it took Century Optics to make the, the proper fisheye that we use, and it's the only one that we can accept because we're used to the way that should look. When it's standard definition, 4x3 format, this lens is the only one we can fuck with, and... Oh, what does it feel like when that lens is whack? Uh, <clears throat> uh, not just like a stab, but like maybe like a twist in the fucking gut. You're like, oh god damn it! Uh, it's it's the worst. It's like dropping a baby or something. <laughs> yeah, like dropping a baby. <laughs> How much of a blemish can you like get away with it? Right? Like obviously, 
if you have a lens that you're skating with, it's gonna it's gonna get fucked up at some point, right? Well, like, I, I still think my my fish eye is immaculate. Yeah, yours right. is good. I have uh, a couple blemishes, but you can't really tell that much on the one I currently use. I've had two before the one I'm using, and I started off with one that was already kind of beat up. But yeah, those things they can go through it, especially when you're learning. Like I started filming when I was hurt, so I couldn't necessarily skateboard and like you know the way that most people film with the fisheye, you have to. You know, be rolling on your skateboard, getting low. So I would film long lens for the most part for months, about half a year or so. So whenever I started getting fisheye and I was learning how to like balance on my board again and everything, I was kind of, I was kind of going through it. You know, it was a, uh, it was a little, little difficult at first. I mean, but with with the VX, with the standard definition, this camera, it's not the one. It's the VX one thousand. It doesn't have the flip out LCD screen to check your work and see how you're like framing clips if you can't stick your face in it you're guessing and then yeah. you're gonna eventually capture your footage because we don't play this camera back a bunch mm-hmm. you know it kind of wears out the tape and the heads on the camera so right. it'll glitch footage so we don't do that we just trust or we have somebody do two, something two or three times just to be sure and be like i think i could you know cook it better because you get confident sometimes a person skating will do a trick once and be like all right i finally figured out the speed the angle and everything and they'll do it five times, and you're like, great. I got all these angles to look at. Yeah, a lot of trial and error. But it's all trust. So is that all, is it like, you, like obviously there's a lot of tricks, right? There's a lot of specificity to how this is going to work with the gear and also just just filming skateboarding in general. How long does it take you to learn that? Like, And did anybody teach you? Or did you, or did you pick this up? Did you stuff you figure out? Like, Watched other people? I learned from Mizzle. Um, he taught me how to set up the camera. He told me where to point it, just pretty much all these, like, tips to really, like, base where I, you know, would just grow from, you know. I, uh, like, especially when I was, like, learning how to film fish out, you know, I was, like, all over the place. And uh, he told me, like, one focal point that was just, like, a really good spot to kind of build off from. And I feel like, you know, that's just, like my foundation for how I like film fisheye. Yeah, what did he tell you? Where to point? The, yeah, the yeah. center of the It's just the like lens. the wheel, like the, the back wheel. Just kind of like, where's that? You know, I, I play with it a lot, though. You know, yeah, yeah. I like to try to get freaky with, with the yeah. angles, you know? Yeah, me, it took me like five or ten tapes with the VX before I realized that I had to kick it up a little bit and, you know, actually get a little closer and be a little more dramatic with it because it helps accentuate certain things. Um, with this new HD camera, for me, it's not a new camera by any means, but the HPX 170, it's a Panasonic camera, and the fisheye for that weighs about eight or nine pounds, and it's all front heavy, and you got to put rails on the bottom of the camera to hold the whole thing up, mm-hmm. and having to like whip that thing around or to frame everything, it's different. It's widescreen, not a four by three, so you have to let homies roll through the whole frame long ways instead of you know, you don't have to chase them. You're you're not like. F- you don't have to be as yeah. active. I mean, it's different. You, you just got to be smooth. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. It's different. With- and I bought a scratch lens off the re- off the rip because they stopped making these a few years back, and they now they're up to like ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars. Taxing. I spent. Yeah. <laughs> I spent less, but it was already scratched up a bit, and like a little nick, and in this new uh, pepper grip tape video part that I made, where like Charles. And a bunch of other homies 
I'd say like a dozen other people had, I would just kind of hand them the camera and sometimes like I'd have to tell them like how to position this thing and like where to point, where to begin and end. But it has this flip out screen. They can see it. We can sit there and check our work. And like as we're progressing into getting a clip, I'm like, all right, I want to check out that one. Let me see how it looks. Make sure it's not completely blown. But right now we're just cutting our teeth with how to even work the camera. Right. It's always a, it's a never-ending learning process, right? And I'm sure, like, at some point after you learned enough, were you all able to go back and look at other videos, like your favorite videos, and kind of dissect that we were doing? Like, study those it's, videos and understand, like, why, it, why you like them so much? Isn't it way easier to relate to these videos when you have the equipment and you're like, that's how we framed it? With the VX1000, it's, again, 4x3, a standard definition type of thing, and you can see the vignetting, the edges of the fisheye itself, and that is your reference to how you would film a clip or you like the way you saw that in a classic video. Like he enters through there in the stage right, you know, like like in it is in the, the right side of the frame, flies over the center, and it's all dramatic because it's a bubble lens. You have yeah. to use it, and, you know, sometimes it's not always fisheye, but I feel like that's more of the intrinsic quality to what we do, trusting and knowing because you have to be a skater to know when he's going to bail, when it's going to happen, and, like, really right. when to shove the camera in there when it's dangerous because it like, right. really sells, like, gives it that extra intrinsic quality. What are, uh, what are y'all some, some of your favorite, like, videos watched, like, maybe growing up or even now, like, just some of the, the Baker 3. Baker 3 is heavy duty. <laughs> Baker 3. It really is good. That one was on heavy rotation at the skate shop back when I was a kid because it was... Just a party fun video. Well, yeah, like, it's it's also very so entertaining. Serious. Like it's yeah. it's not just. I mean, the skating's incredible. It was, it was, it was edited by yeah. fun. It was edited by Dustin Dolan and Andrew Reynolds. And when you watch both of those guys' parts in the video, you see that they put a little extra effort into their <laughs> their shit. Uh, not to talk too much shit. Dustin's part is so sick. I rewatched <laughs> it as an adult, and I started to notice a few things. <laughs> but yeah, classic of our generation, our our youth. Yeah. What's another one? Circa, it's time. <laughs> oh, so that's... I started talking about these videos. Uh, Circa, it's time. Osiris, feed the need. S, a special. Um, these were shoe company videos that they probably spent hella money making, and they're like, fuck, we don't want to take the risk on not being able to sell them. So they stuck them into skate mags. And as a kid living in rural Louisiana... Like, you would get a free DVD, a free skateboard video, and at the time, online video releases aren't a thing yet. Right. And online videos even, because YouTube is deleting stuff and companies want to rip their stuff down. But when you get Circa It's Time in the fucking... In the mag, In the dude. skateboard mag or in skate... First video pretty sure it was that. I ever owned. <clears throat> but yeah, because we didn't grow up... My first videos I bought were from Best Buy because I couldn't find where the fucking skate shop was in Lafayette. Right. We didn't know, and I didn't drive yet, so I... I saw some skate videos, and then they had some different music than the original VHS copies, but, you know, Girl, Yeah Right, DC Video, and Audio One Step Beyond. Those were, like, my first three videos, and they were in the sale bin at West Best Buy. <laughs> but all those videos, except for the DC Video, because they paid for the rights, all have, like, kind of separate, a few separate songs, because they had to change some things. Huh. <laughs> they only had rights up to, like, 100,000 copies or something. Skate videos used to sell crazy back then. It was a insane. million copies for the Coliseum video, which is a skate shop out of Boston. Like, so that's you know. another thing. Like, what do y'all like? How do y'all deal with rights or licensing for everything like that? If you're making like a, you know, like a movie like on the on the level that Broth is at, like, are you worried about that at all? 
Um, not necessarily because it's I wasn't really selling it, I guess. Or I in bought that one. Manner. It's not. It's, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That's like I'm saying. Like in a manner, it's like not really like a brand, but it's just like a homie video, you right, know, sure. like homie video stuff. It's just like you know, I'm putting it on the internet. I definitely right. have music in there where like it's not shown in certain places like around the world, you know. So like it kind of just at least on YouTube only really spans across the states really. But I put it on Vimeo so it could be accessed like around the world, but I just try to get it on there. I I like to use music from like all types of stuff and I'd use like official soundtrack music from like movies and like certain shows and stuff that I like as well. And I know that I'm not necessarily about to get this stuff cleared, right, but I'm right. not about to stop my drive, you know. For but sure. Of course they, you bought a physical copy right. in the sense of like, I wanted it to be something tangible that we could like hold, you know, rather right. than it just being this thing kind of spewed into the internet. You know, like I wanted people to have that. We even had like VHS copies. Yeah, I'm just doing what I can but right now my process like what I've been really into is uh my friends have just been making music just using music that made at the house or right. whatever I got a friend who makes beats friends playing guitar like whatever's recorded I'll even use music from videos that I've recorded on my iPhone like that's kind of like a thing that I'm venturing more towards but not for any like monetary reason or like clean reason it's just Right. A lot That's the funner. Vibe. It feels right. better when it's just like the homies. Like, yeah. Like Michael. I, I really like what y'all do with the uh, the pepper grip thing, the, the accordion. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so when that, you recorded that. That yeah. was something I recorded off the side of, it was my friend Nathan Rivera. I see him all the time. And like he was riding on his bicycle, didn't have a skateboard that day. And he just had his accordion on his back. I was like, he watched this film, this little line that's in the part where I skate through the swing sets that are along Crescent right. Park. And afterwards, I was, I was done, I went and poked the camera, and I was like, what do you got? And he did like a little warm-up track that was probably about 20 seconds long, and then he played that one that was like a minute and a half, minute 15. Yeah. And originally, I was going to use that for the pepper part, but the footage ended up being like twice as long, so I thought it wasn't going to get used at all. So they just threw out that song as the, the trailer on Instagram. Oh, that was the Instagram. That's, and yeah, I was that's thanked, where I saw it. I was really hyped that they did that, at least, because I kind of already told homie, like, yeah. They can't pay you for it, but they can send you trucks and boards and maybe right. some other stuff. Um, and, and it worked out great. And they they did that anyway. Yeah. Like, off the strength. Like, yeah. We know we can't use it for the YouTube thing because it's not long enough, but mm -hmm. I'm really no. happy. Yeah, I saw that version. I, yeah, I thought, it, I thought it worked great. You've been, uh, you've been included in, in more than a couple skate films. And some of them have been like pretty, pretty high profile stuff. Did that... How was dealing with that when when you were filming for those projects, such as like most recently Static? Um, that was a that was like a four or five year process. Um, and then uh, also the Five Borough one, which to me is just just uh, I mean that was your company. I'm sure you weren't yeah. like not uh, intimidated in any kind of way, but like I mean I moved to New York in 2011, and that, how old were you? I was 20. 20 and moved to New York. Yeah, um, and then. We put the video out in December 2015. So we didn't work on that video the whole time. Say for the first like six or eight months, we made... Mm. We, I, they were on the latter ends of this video called Join or Die, which is on YouTube on Fibro's uh, you know, little page. But 
um, I was stepped in right at the end, and I got like five or six little clips. So I got like my own little verse in a Wu Tang song in a, in that video, and that was like in 2012. And then say those next three years, we worked on Five BNY, the video you're referring to. Right. Yeah. 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 Great video. How did? Where did you find out that you were getting the closer? Um, we did a Christmas party a whole year prior to that, mm-hmm. and we basically watched the video in its entirety. And I already knew I had the last part, and my really part didn't change a whole lot because I broke my leg like two months later. And they waited to tell me like after I broke my leg that I was gonna get a pro board <laughs> with the video. But like we had already watched the the video two months prior, like, and I had the last part, and I was like, well, well, that's that's interesting. <laughs> like I don't know. We did it in uh, my buddy's apartment in New York, but it was like the whole team and their girlfriends, and we watched the video thinking like, all right, it'll come out next month, but. It came out at twelve months later. <laughs> Very confusing, you know. But I mean, you had to be excited, right, to get the to get the Sure, last sure. One. But I was just sitting there like, cool, I'm gonna sweat the next year thinking that my part's not good enough. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> is that is that what it was like? Sure. Uh Josh Stewart told me I was gonna get the last part in static in March or April. And he was like, Oh yeah, the video we we're gonna stop filming for it in May. So I had two months to kind of finish my part without him here. So I started hitting up people with a VX because I was like, I got to, even if he planned to oh, come so here. Oh, you knew beforehand you were getting last part. Yeah, it's like, why are you going to do that, dog? I'm like, fuck. That's pressure, right? But it also gets motherfucker to step up. I don't know. That's what I would do to somebody. Like, <laughs> give them a warning <laughs> so that way they're not just like not bum Not it, right? It's a little more personal at that point. You're like, damn, you just let me do myself like that? Jordan came through, though. Yeah. That yeah. part was oh, amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, the five B and Y one too. That, yeah. I, I have a soft spot for that video. There's something so. I mean, the music in that video is so good that I just I. I do want to add though, like the clips that he did get without Josh were pretty good. And shout out to like VX filmers out here, Tristan, our homie T Mans, who's been filming. He has this thing called Kinder Weekly, but he actually filmed Jordan's last trick in the part. And I mean, that's like such a sick accolade to just like come in and just end up having your clip be the last clip in the last part of this, like, monumental video. Right. Like, I'm, I'm super proud of that dude. But also all the guys, like, for sure. And I'd also like to add, like, I recently made this Gulf Skateboards video as far as, like, the audio and stuff. Mike actually helped produce the track for that one. And, yeah, super good. Super talented musician over here. That's fun. But he's going to be on a lot of the newer stuff that happens, or at least like projects that are kind of going to be happening in the future, I feel. Do you like, you, you got anything like cooking now, or is it just something that kind of happens organically? Like you're stacking up footage and then you just. Well, this summer was pretty brutal, and I was like working a bunch in kitchens, and just like he really got to me. I was. Not, I haven't really been working on much until it started cooling down. And um, Yeah, it was brutal I, um, this summer. Yeah, for real. But I've been uh, taking a VX out and just kind of like, like had days of just filming like random B-roll stuff, like going to Crescent Park, kind of been like frequenting that lately since the weather's gotten good. And I've just been like filming a lot of like landscape environment stuff. But um, our homie Ryan Swindler from Baton Rouge, he's been coming out like every Sunday and uh, just kind of been making a little habit like it'll hit me up about stuff so kind of 
we haven't really talked about it, but I'm really like basing and like working around whatever like we're going to start doing because right now that's like the most for sure kind of thing I have right now. But I have like a lot of ideas as far as for the next project, but with skateboarding, it's just like that's just like a definite thing. Like me filming Ryan is happening. So, yeah. What do you think like... Is there limitations to to what skate film can look like? Like in terms of like stylistically I personally feel that like there are no boundaries, but I feel like with skateboarding it like it's pretty stubborn, you know, like there's like a way that things are, you know, it's kind of you can't just kind of do something get completely different like give up the original style cold turkey and you can make it, you can make like individual art pieces that are related. I could definitely give you some like Russell Houghton related pieces. He's a filmmaker that you can reference and like check out his stuff. But he will make some abstract things that you're you're like, well, this is skateboarding. That's a shadow of a skateboarder, but it's a whole video of a shadow, and it's filmed like upside down and cropped so you can only see the shadow, and you know exactly what tricks are happening. But like, right. there there are some interesting things to be done. And not so directly even filming a skateboarder, but the way we can roll with a camera is even its own thing. I've seen dickheads with segways in, Cali- in in New York City trying to shoot these big budget, you know, commercials in the streets, like maybe for a Toyota or whatever the fuck. Right. But I could do it just as easily on a skateboard, and you what, got you got this dude on a segway <laughs> and a fucking um, uh, gimbal rig. Um, right. The gimbal is your elbow shoulder to wrist fluctuation and you don't need any more stabilizer than that if you're a good filmmaker like you, know, you can put the gimbal and it helps but like shoot steady you got it like yeah there's some there's some technique there's a lot of of heavy duty technique involved in that cuz yeah. you know I've tried to film clips for people before and they look at it they you can tell they're just like this yeah. is garbage whatever you do this is garbage sometimes you, know? you just you figure out these techniques or you have somebody like Charles uh, who helped me a lot whenever I was learning how to 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 frame things and ha- where when it's good to like you know get a little you know risky you know visually with a frame like as somebody's flying or you and, I mean, and you're you're kind of like going blind a little bit because you can't you know normally as you learn to skateboard as you grow up skateboarding you're watching where you go and you look at all the things you need yeah, to yeah. but now same you thing can't. same thing with the camera you're like visualizing this third eye like. You're not going to look through the viewfinder or the LCD. You're just pointing the camera as you're skating, watching for cracks and people and everything else. But you're moving the camera and angling the lens as it has to be. But it's it's all through your own instincts. And you, you can't do that without knowing how to, to skateboard and, and knowing when somebody's about to fuck up. Like It's like a sixth sense that kind of develops over time. <laughs> you know, you have to pay attention to... So much, and it's all happening so fast. Like I never even realized it was much of a skill until when you're filming, you feel like you're skating more than the skater, and you're in this groove, and you're like, "This feels like something." But sometimes the skater is not even feeling that. They're like, "I don't know, I'm sort of trying." And you're like, "Right, no, nah, dude, you got it," because I'm, I'm getting <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, like yeah. I'm in there. I figured like, it yeah, out. I know. Yeah, like right, yeah. this is gonna be sick. So like, don't worry. Like you should get stoked because this is gonna look good. And and having your a person who's filming you or you like 
it helps to have a filmer tell you that, like, oh, dude, this is going to be sick. I'm really hyped on how this is looking. Yeah, is there a psychology to it, like, when you're working you with somebody? You have to, yeah. Things can get pretty intense when somebody's, yeah. when it's not going great, right? You need more out. Like, you have to, like, be a filmer that's, you know, down for what's going on, you know? It's not about just kind of, like, No one's doing it for their the job camera. here. Like, no yeah. one is doing it for their, their livelihood, so there's no, none of that pressure. You're only doing it because you really care. Yeah. And... You can feel that, and certain people really, like I ask them to step up sometimes and hold the camera, or we're filming for their videos, and I want it to be good because they're putting their effort into making this shit look good. I mean, do you feel sometimes you need to, like, maybe get this guy to, like, maybe walk away or take a break or something, or... Every once I, in a while? If I push him, like, he's gonna, he's gonna get it. There's some people that like need to be told to chill and then there's people that need to be told to like some people like, have no chill we go yeah yeah for sure i mean some people can't be fucking deterred and you're like hey man it's it's getting darker or man i really just don't want to do this right now because you're you're not even getting close but you can't tell them that they think they're getting close yeah you don't want to <laughs> just like stop somebody but also like you're holding the camera like you're there like it's not necessarily like you guys are working together like one thing i love to say whenever we get our clips is like we did, we it. did it like exactly because we did that no it's true not only was the trick made but filming it is a difficult task yeah and then you want to like have them feel good like it's it's definitely something you want to put effort into because, like... Everybody sleeps at night knowing that their clip was dope. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you even have those moments where we were talking about earlier where it's, you feel like you got the clip, but you don't even feel it. But then you look at that clip and they made that shit just look like something totally different, you know? It'll turn your attitude towards something just completely 180 because your boy barred that up. Yeah, when we talk about like potential energy and like in elementary school, when we and then we're also talking about this new term for anybody who might not know what a clip is, it's like a singular frame or like scene in a skate video, but it right. could happen in three seconds. It could be twelve. It could right. be a minute and a half, depending right. on how long one line is, which is multiple tricks multiple skewed together. Tricks, but yeah. yeah, potential energy in skateboarders' minds is like, damn, I got a clip today. I'm feeling good. I didn't get hurt. Nothing, but like. Maybe I'll get to see it soon, or maybe we're going to build on this bigger project, and you need 30 or 40 of these clips to make a solid video part, maybe 50, you know? like Right. Depending on what you're bringing. It's a lot of work. So each individual clip, you sleep, you sleep good for a weekend, like a whole week sometimes, because you got a really good one. The filmer is happy. Everybody's like, it, it helps build on the project because you can chip away at these things. You save the dangerous shit towards the end, but... Hopefully, like you, you chip away at the dangerous shit. Every once in a while, you gotta take a risk. But sometimes it happens without you ready for it. You're just doing it. Do you do you get like self conscious yourself? Cause you're like the filmmaker, but you're in the video too. So I mean, we were talking about this earlier, like in Baker Three. Like he noticed he noticed a little bit of extra shine in certain parts or whatever. Do you feel like you have to limit yourself or do you have to like restrain yourself from putting yourself in the in in your movies like when it first was just kind of like me and jordan so for the most part like i was a behind the lens mostly so i didn't really get a lot of clips so it didn't really matter but when it came to filming i always wanted to have clips you know i want myself to look good but i could not really have 
someone as skilled or experienced as me holding the camera, pointing it at me. So I've had times of kind of feeling self-conscious about my clips because I'm like, man, they're not as... Not saying I'm not trying to toot my own or like anything like that, but it's like, you know... Well, you have I'm no just control. Having the you have no control you know? over, like, the, over, the, over the frame. Yeah, yeah. You don't have any control I'm, over anything except your. You I'm know, handing your my skin. camera to like the homie that like I'm mostly filming, and they're self conscious about it. But I'm like, no, you got it. Dom, we're looking but, at you. Yeah, no, no, not necessarily. <laughs> the you know, stuff of Charles and Broth, like the the well film stuff, is all of filmed by Dominic because Dominic Cristiani. When I started, when I bought the camera, and everybody I kind of already had like a little bit of acquaintance with it, I was learning from scratch. And Dominic was giving me pointers, and Charles, and I was like, thank you guys, because I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. But all of the good stuff of Charles was filmed by Dominic, and a bunch yeah, of the other no, stuff no. I filmed, like, there's, there's occasional things that I kind of, like, got lucky on, but he even cut the clips where I was like, you <laughs> no, know, Dom, he Dom, polished it Dom's up. Dom's clips look good. And you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can tell he's good when when you watch him. Like you're talking about, he has that sixth sense. I've seen him get in he's, close. Yeah, yeah. He out, he likes a, to play with it a yeah. lot. And he, <laughs> he'll he'll go crazy. Yeah, he's also an artist in his own sense, and he knows like, you know, in a video project, like way the way a skate clip should look and the way he wants it to look. And he's like, man, even if he's only holding this camera for 15 minutes and he's going back to his own like art, his, his jewelry, or his tattoos, and his, his like sign painting, he's got a lot of shit going on. But he filmed a quarter of my last little video part, and it was cool to be able to give him some money for it. Oh, that's like, awesome. And be like, thank you. Like, now we're doing this shit. And there's not just like a reward at the end, but like a little bit of compensation for our time and effort and sweat because all of that stuff he filmed was in the heat of the summer. Yeah. Some of our homies are bigger homies, and I didn't want to ask them to follow me with the camera because they can't chase me with that shit. There's a, there's a, a give and take because like, we're both risking our health skating in the hottest day of the year when there's like right. you know air, triple air. digit triple digit heat. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit. I mean, talking about like extreme heat or extreme conditions to be in or whatever. Tell me a little bit like about your experience. You've you. We all grew up in this, right? No, but you skated all over the world. Is is where I'm oh, going with so this. So like, like, there's parts of Spain that were brutally hot, and that's why they take their siestas. But you know, their sun sets at 11 p.m. You know, like 2,300 hours. Um, so they siesta from 3 to 6 p.m. I feel like we should fucking do that, but... Ameri- yeah, Americans, like a good idea to Americans and their work ethic is a, a little bullshit. Um, so, but where else? You've been... Where, where have you skated? What countries have you skated in? Are we talking about hot countries? Well, no, anywhere. Costa, Costa Rica, yeah. everybody wants to bring you on a skate trip there, but it's not a vacation on the beach. It's skating in the shittiest concrete you've ever skated in the hottest day ever, and you're like... Where's water? Like, fuck. <laughs> Bring me to the beach. Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's like, yeah, you want to go to these tropical places that might be cool to chill, but not a skate destination. Um, but, no, Spain was amazing. Costa Rica is obviously cool to go chill at. But the, the homies who skate there, they do what we do here, like skate in the morning, skate in the afternoon. When you're on a skate trip to a place, they don't give a fuck. You're skating at one in the afternoon. And, I mean, anyone, most mm-hmm. people who would be skating are just surfing, so. Yeah, they're like, cool, water, dog. I almost drowned there in Costa Rica a couple times. I'm good on the surfing. A couple times? Yeah, like the day I got surprised with my pro chocolate board, like it had been raining the night before and it was like torrential waters and I tried to swim off the dinghy to the beach and I got caught in an undertow and like basically just washed and almost drowned. But they had had me try to surf back to the boat and then you're like, well, (laughs) I don't know how to fucking surf dog. And then broke two ribs trying to surf back because I'm just getting crushed by waves. Like the board into, I don't know. Let's get off that. (laughs) 
But yeah, chocolate videos and stuff like that. Like sometimes you're in a place where you don't really want to be, and you're just you got it. It sounded cool on paper, right? Fucking sick. Yeah, <laughs> you got to produce. Yeah, like skateboarding and filming and like films. Like there's there's different things. Like the local stuff that we do, we get complete control and we get to fucking do what we want. Mm-hmm. Do Do you see yourself like working in a in a uh, like a different format? Me, yeah, as far like, as like like moving away from the VX, do you ever think about that? Or? Well, I've filmed with uh HD stuff, like, I have a HVX that I actually bought during pandemic, and I've been lucky enough to use that to film Jordan and make some money, it's like really cool. And uh, recently, his hurricane party part, I filmed a little chunk of that, definitely not as much as Dom, but uh, yeah, that's on his. HD camera, so yeah, I definitely uh, I've always wanted to use more cameras, and uh, I'm about to start filming with some like 16 millimeter stuff. Our friend Martin, big guys like uh, you and Michael aren't doing us. some AV things, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I mean that too. I mean, I'd yeah. love to, you know, camera up or whatever. <laughs> but uh, also, Michael has to be like craziest place I ever skated. I'd say like Japan. It's like really cool. I did that for. I mean, I was out there for like two and a half weeks, but I skated like three days. It's like small towns, like a little bit of Tokyo, whatever. But it's cool. Skated with some Japanese kids I couldn't really communicate with besides like hand signs and laughter. We fucking hung out all day, and I showed them Cyberwave, this humidity video I made before. Then, <laughs> then they were super stoked. They like send me videos of them like watching it at their skate shop. So, so I'd be like, yo, those are homies. You find out that skateboarding uh, tricks and the terminology is the universal language. Like math. Like, above all, like... Really? Yeah, you talk about backside, tailside. Uh-huh. doesn't matter if you're Japanese, Brazilian, It's backside, French. tailside. Back tail. Uh, some, sometimes, uh, like we say, kickflip, back tail. Uh-huh. The, the Canadians would be like, flip, back, tail. Or like a flip, back. If it's a backside flip, just in its essence, backside flip. You'd be like, oh, it's a flip, back. In Canada, they it's call like, don't it try to flip it up, man. It's a backside flip. <laughs> they call it, um, wait, but what? Sometimes they, they call say, it a flip back? They say flip back sometimes, but right. I think just to try to f- confuse people. Um, but yeah, Japanese people, uh, uh, skaters, I'm saying, not just people, but they, they continue the tradition. Oh, impossible. Fucking tray flip. Fucking these things that no one knows. Huh. Off the streets, what the fuck we're saying. You know, slappy grind, big spin out. You say that to any, any skater anywhere. They'd be like, okay, what the, f- okay, yeah, tight. <laughs> so you slap you, I can you, do that. you big spin out. Yeah. Do y'all, uh, do y'all think there's something to skating in New Orleans that makes it easier to skate anywhere else in the world? Yes, yeah, the fact that we have less and have to make do. So whenever we go other places, we're Extended. more likely to touch the things that other people aren't wanting to touch, or just look at something that everybody's been on in a different manner. That's definitely something that I felt traveling. You know, I'm always trying to skate the crustier spot or the thing with the less run up, and it's crazy. It's like a trap. Like, I wish I, mm-hmm. like, for some reason, I'll go some, to some place and everything's just buttery. Like, I grew up super good ground, super good everything. But for some reason, it's like I'm having the worst time because I'm just so not used to this niceness. Like, I need a ledge that's going to have some grit, that's going to have some kickback when I hop into, like, my truck ride, you know, or 
Like it's. I mean, not saying I need that, but that's just what I'm used well, to. Well, coming from New Orleans, you're used to resistance. Yeah, it's <laughs> in like any sort everything, of way. Everything, you nothing's, know. Nothing's, nothing's easy. It's a big easy, but ain't nothing easy. It's like easier to skate the streets than a skate park, honestly. At least for my experience. My homies kill it, though. Like, Well, thank you all for coming by. You uh, imparted us with uh, stories and knowledge about what you do. Uh behind the lens and, and on the board so uh, thank you for that any parting words uh, shouts you want to give shout out to Humidity Skate Shop holding it down also shout out to Jordan for also holding it down giving homies opportunities to accomplish their dreams you know what I'm saying shout out to um, Alex Nunez for being the first person to ever bring me to the city of New Orleans um, again yeah, Alex Nunez Alex Nunez the gold machete Alex Nunez, the gold machete uh, shout out Chavez Turner, good homie, who helped me actually start my skate stuff. Like, I didn't really own much or wasn't really able to edit and stuff, and they definitely gave me opportunity to, like, do that stuff, and I wouldn't even know what's up if it wasn't for that homie, for sure. So, yeah, shout out to them. And Mizzle, the godfather, for literally... Like we were his interns, you know. <laughs> he really, he really put us on. And if it wasn't for that, like we wouldn't even have what's going on. So shout out to everybody. Like Warren Day, Todd Taylor for sure. Just everybody. For Word. Sure. And with that, good night, everybody. Time Code presents is a Time Code Nola production, produced by Ricardo Barros, co-hosted by Michael Moises, and thanks to our guests Charles Johnson and Jordan Trahan. You can check out the film Broth on YouTube. For more information, contact us at timecodenola.com or just ask somebody. Later.